0: Jinian Kuai La! That's Happy New Year in Chinese. Made in China podcast is back. This is Rico. Uh, after a very long hiatus, uh, I think the last episode we released was December twenty-six, something like that, uh, maybe just before Christmas. Uh, the first episode of the year, uh, not just Chinese New Year, but the actual year, is Bambooty. Bambooty uh, is a company, a Belgium-based company that creates wooden, and bamboo accessories, hence the name Bambooty. So they just launched this very successful Kickstarter campaign. They were asking for 10,000 uh, euros. Last time I checked, it was about over 15,000 that they got funded, and they got funded within the first two days of their campaign. So the, the campaign still has about a couple days left, so if you want to go check it out, you can go to their website first. It's B and at B E and yeah check out their campaign I think it was a fantastic episode it's a good episode to start the year off with it's been a while since we did a crowdfunding episode and uh, they had like a a a nice gem that they used in terms of a strategy that they used in terms of how they reached out to bloggers and influencers because I noticed they got a lot of exposure they got you know you know they even got to be on the made in china podcast But uh, yeah, without further ado, enjoy the episode.
1: I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product
2: of me.
0: Interestingly, like I've I've known you guys now for how long? Like six months, and I don't know if I ever asked you uh, how you met and how did you how did you start Bambooty?
1: Right. So uh, Peter and I, we both played basketball, mm-hmm. and uh, we started playing basketball for a different team. And a few years ago, Peter joined the team I was playing for. We became friends. You know, we had, we had some mutual friends, so. We already knew a bit about each other. And a few years ago, I finished my study as a graphic designer in Antwerp. And it didn't feel right, you know, to find a job right away. So I started a new uh, study of uh, computer science. Because, you know, I wanted to learn uh, how to develop uh, applications on websites. And then I realized that I could also design... um, you know, applications with strong design, strong functionality, and it would be a strong factor to be on the market. So after my first year of uh, computer science, uh, Peter was already selling stuff with two companies, and uh, he kind of introduced me to this uh, business entrepreneur world. So
2: yeah, so Peter, go
1: ahead. And... <laughs> yeah, I will do <laughs> my about. my
2: story. So um, at the time, I was. I was meeting, or at the time I met Freak, I was uh, running two small companies uh, during my studies and so I, I had the entrepreneurial spirit going and I guess I kind so of...
0: You, so ins- you, ru- you were actually running two small companies?
2: Yeah, I was running two small companies indeed and um, wow. so at the time I met Freak and I guess I kind of inspired Freak to put his design and IT talent <laughs> to use and so <laughs> we both started this company, Bambuti. and um yeah. We love wood and stuff. I mean we love we love you can cut this by the way. Uh we love wood and um <laughs> that's how we started, man.
0: Okay. I'm Rico,
2: thinking. we uh we forgot yep. to thank you for having us.
0: Oh man, you can thank you. For <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Um, okay, so Bambudi, you just finished you started Bambudi. By the way, I've always said it's a very catchy name. Who who came up
2: with the name? We both did. <laughs> yeah, we were We um, both yeah it was summertime and we were just chilling outside. We came up with the idea to start a business around um, wooden products and we went inside and we just started brainstorming, throwing names, and "Bambuti" is what came out of it.
1: We were nice. just throwing names at each other, like yelling in the room, <laughs> and suddenly "Bambuti, Bambuti," and it sounded so right. So, <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, all right. So, I guess the main reason why you're on the podcast today, of course, Bambuti, but uh, the the Kickstarter campaign, the MacBook skins. Uh
2: yes. how did you come up with the MacBook skin concept? Um, Well, so when we started, we started with uh, wooden sunglasses and iPhone cases. And at the time, we were working a lot on our MacBooks. So we simply came up with the idea to add wood to our Macs. And we came up with the idea uh, back in October. But we didn't quite know how to start the manufacturing process. So we did some research. And after figuring out the process... Yeah, we knew we had to partner up with the manufacturer, and um, we found one in the UK, and they helped us design the product and finalize the samples until we were ready to go. So that's that's the story. All right.
0: All right. Cool. So the, the you guys designed it in tandem with the UK company. You did it together?
2: Yeah.
0: Indeed. All right. Uh, how did you find the UK company?
1: Uh we did a lot of Googling actually on like um manufacturers that can process wood veneers. And um yeah, we just randomly found the guys in the UK, we had a Skype conversation. They were they had really clear communication, they were really friendly, uh they offered us a correct pricing. So yeah. They, they were the ones. <laughs> yeah, and, and then they cool. invited us
2: to their company. I
1: mean,
2: uh... Sorry? Uh Yeah, and um, so they invited us to their company. We didn't hesitate, Hesitate. we flew over, and yeah, it was awesome, it was really awesome. We had a match. We had a match.
0: Uh, so I guess the, the next logical question would be, especially since me and you, uh, we've done business together um, with you guys, with with your products in China. Is there any particular reason why you didn't look for manufacturing in China? Uh,
2: Yes, there is. Um, Wait, one moment. Uh, Yeah, there's a reason. Uh, Because for this product, we needed a very flexible manufacturer as we're doing custom engraving on our MacBook skins. And yeah, Uh in China, we would need someone on the ground. And although you guys do an awesome job at SourceFind Asia, this time we just wanted to handle this ourselves. So we could also, yeah, so we would learn more about the process of making sure everything will go right. So the main reason is uh, yeah, actually um, the flexibility of manufacturers in Europe, which you don't have if you uh, produce in China. In our opinion, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Especially if you're, if you're, you know,
0: an unlimited budget, and you're going to do customized work. The issue with Chinese manufacturers is they
2: want you to place larger orders. Yeah, with, exactly. With each design, right? And, and also that's when it becomes cheaper. actually and also working with macbooks you have different uh, models and sizes which will drive up mm-hmm. the minimum order quantity which will um yeah which will drive up the the funding goal we would need so yeah the main reason yeah, this is, is this flexibility is a-
0: yeah, that's a very important point, actually, for anybody who wants to launch a Kickstarter campaign and they're making a product that has many different sizes and you know is customized and things like that. Is if you're going to manufacture in China, it's actually it could be more expensive if if you have a lot of customization of yeah. your product. So it might be, and it's also easier, of course, if it's your first time around dealing with a Western manufacturer, right? Yeah, absolutely. Correct. Right. So I. Why? Why Kickstarter? Why not? Um, why did you choose that business model? Why not Indiegogo or you know look for funding in other places?
1: Um, it's, a bit, it's the biggest crowdfunding platform in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, you get a immediate validation of the market and your product, and you know we wanted to launch this product in a special way, uh, in a fun way. And uh, yeah, that's why we chose Kickstarter. Okay. Yeah, for um, us,
2: for us, it's just uh, it seemed awesome to do one. F- yeah, very exciting. And uh, the thing is, you learn you learn a lot doing one, doing a crowdfunding campaign. So that's why why we chose it. And on the other did hand, you, did- I just wanted to add that uh, a crowdfunding campaign also. Um. make sure people get aware of your brand so it's kind of a marketing mm-hmm. campaign besides the launch of your product
0: did you did you sit down and pick between indiegogo and, and kickstarter or was it just you wanted to go with the, the largest platform
1: yeah now we uh, I think uh, indiegogo has more oh for yeah. like Peter <laughs> uh
2: I just wanted to say um, we chose we actually chose Kickstarter because it felt right <laughs> uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. yeah and because it's the largest platform in the world right. largest crowdfunding platform so once
0: you decide okay we, we've got these MacBook skins we want to launch a Kickstarter campaign what were the first steps you took Setting up the campaign,
2: study, 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 study how to launch a successful campaign. And the thing is, um, yeah, so we're members of Enter China, this awesome community. And yeah, we got inspired by all the awesome projects that were launched within Enter China. So uh, we did a lot of studying, Um, we reached out to other successful project owners especially within enter china Um, we skyped with them asked a ton of questions what should we do how should we do it um yeah main thing was just study nice and make a make a timeline (coughs) and just do all the things necessary were there any other major
0: resources outside of InterChina that you could recommend to people, or is it mainly the people that you spoke to in InterChina?
2: So within EnterChina, there's a, a blueprint for so the guys at Under China, uh, Tim Timothy and Nick, they made a blueprint uh, for crowdfunding. So that's uh, an awesome resource. And besides, we just Googled articles and... Um, we checked out YouTube movies, and also contacted the guys that were shooting those movies for uh, tips and tricks. So I guess online there's a lot of uh, there are a lot of useful resources for crowdfunding. But it's it's not a get- was it easy
0: was it easy to reach out to those people like the, the people you're talking about that made the videos and just reaching out for for
2: tips. Well, and yeah, because we it seems that people that did a successful crowdfunding campaign are very likely or they like to share their story uh, with other people Mm -hmm. and help them out so (laughs) it it was pretty uh, i mean it was relatively easy but you still got to do it though you still gotta ask them on hey what's up awesome what you're doing um do you mind skyping
0: Yeah. I think that's one thing that people don't realize is that most people are pretty friendly. Most people who seem to be successful, they're pretty friendly because as well, as you mentioned, those guys, they've been through the process before. They were the ones reaching out to people two years ago. Exactly. Exactly. So they're they're very happy to talk to you and tell you about the story and and, teach you about the trips, tips and tricks that they, they did. Um, Okay, so what what was your what were your biggest challenges in the process of setting up the campaign, and, and how did you overcome them?
1: Well, the timing and planning, because uh, I had exams on school, uh, I had these mandatory classes every week, so time was really the important factor. We uh, we had to use every second of our free time to you know to to make this happen. And I think. Sometimes it was really hard because we had to work like one in the night every day because I was at school at at days. And besides that, it was targeting the right people. Because you can say we need to target everyone who has a MacBook, but you got to narrow that uh, target audience. And, you know, we started looking at some – some hipster brands, <laughs> some <laughs> hipster channels, because they love wood, of course, and some nature people. I think that was, yeah, that was the the biggest challenge we had.
2: Yeah, and it still is,
1: by the way. Find the right people who would buy this product.
2: Still so it's the yeah. biggest
0: challenge is um, for us narrowing down and time for you guys. Well, I think that I think yeah. the biggest challenge I think that's a big challenge for a lot of people as well, you know, like uh, a lot of people who want to launch a campaign have jobs as well so I think everyone can relate yeah. to to that, right? Mm-hmm.
2: So and um, one one more so you thing. mentioned, I'm sorry. Okay, sorry. No worries. One more thing that was a uh, a big challenge I would say it was a challenge. Uh, was the video because we didn't quite know what to expect and we were we were working with a talented guy but we've we've never made one so we didn't quite know what to expect and that was a challenge but after all mm-hmm. i think we can be satisfied yeah. about our video
0: what was that process like you said you hadn't made it before so what, what was the, what was challenging about
2: that process um yeah first um first of all we needed to know what um then writing the copy shots angles yeah no yeah. the first thing is uh, the copy uh, what should we mention what not and then indeed the the different shots how should we do it? Mm-hmm. And also when should we do it because we were like freak said our timing and our planning could have been better. so we had to do it like mm-hmm. in between. His classes, it was pretty hard. So it was actually, it was a big challenge, the video, yeah.
0: Also, Freak mentioned um, narrowing down the people that you're targeting. So what what would you say is your target audience now?
2: Um, primarily creative people, like, for example, designers mm-hmm. that use a MacBook. Mm-hmm. but yeah it's in this case it's really hard for us to uh define our target market like we said because yeah. we we uh we figured that a lot of people are possible uh, uh customers could be, your mom could be even be buying a Macbook skin. Yeah. so that's, that's why true, it's yeah. that that's why it was hard for <laughs> that that's why it was hard for us to um Narrow that down. My mom would buy it, even if she doesn't have a MacBook. She just, okay. like, oh, this
0: looks cool. Hey, hey, Rick, <laughs> make sure she does. Make um, sure she does. Awesome.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, okay, so then I also noticed uh, you've gotten quite a bit of exposure. You already kind of talked about that a little bit, but um, did you have any specific strategies yes. that you got to get people to pay attention to? Something? Yes.
2: Yes, we got an awesome strategy. So um, we came up with the idea to do uh, personal video messages. So we uh-huh. got got in front of our cameras, shot videos, and sent them out to influencers. And this is an this is a great way to contact influencers, as it's a lot more personal. And not everyone that we reached reached out to uh, uh-huh. got on board, but everyone replied. Saying that they love the hustle, they love the way we approach them, and so this is one thing that we will be that we, we that we definitely will be doing uh, a lot more in the future. Also for um, for uh, other campaigns that we will be launching. That's
0: a pretty cool idea, man. To send send the videos and yeah, it really works. to record it. And-
2: It really works, and it matters is because
0: you had to record an individual video for each person, right? So yep, it's they know that you put in effort.
2: Yeah, it's indeed it's a hustle, but yeah, we love doing that.
1: But it says so much more than a simple email. Yeah, because if you send an email, they don't know who's behind this. You know, yeah, it's not personal.
2: Yeah, they see your face. They hear your voice. Did you send any physical samples as well? Yes, we did. So we contacted some um, bigger news outlets and bigger bloggers, and um, we sent them a sample with the customized MacBook skin. But yes. but actually, we're still waiting for them to publish. Um, did you, yeah. Did you hear it back? Then? Yeah, yeah. So they will publish, but. Yeah, we don't quite know when. So we okay. did send out physical samples, yes. It's also a good strategy, of and, course.
0: And uh, I mentioned this before we got on the call, but congratulations. I, last time I checked back, you guys were at over €15,000 from a €10,000 goal. Um, do you have any stretch goals?
1: Uh, thank you, Rico. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have some possible stretch goals. But we're not not—we're not sure if we're going to launch them because uh, we should have uh, at least 20 to 25K before we will be able to launch them. But uh, yeah, it's a great tool to keep momentum going, so uh, we'll see.
0: What do you think was most important in the campaign in terms of getting to 15,000 euros? Are you happy with 15,000 euros or do you want to, to get more?
2: We're not happy. <laughs>
1: we always want more. <laughs>
2: no we just want yeah it's not that we want more money but we want to be more successful in crowdfunding because we've put a lot of work in it a lot of time and um, like I said those bigger those bigger news outlets they still need to publish their article and if they do that should bring a lot of momentum which will boost our campaign a lot so you, yeah you understand right now yeah. we're happy but we're not happy yeah because we we know there's yeah we're not satisfied because there's still um some momentum coming our way there should be well well now that
0: you've been on the made in china podcast i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure your campaign your campaign's gonna blow up after this okay <laughs> awesome <laughs> So one thing I noticed going through your campaign page is um, it's very simple, but I can see there's a lot of uh, attention paid to details, very similar to like the, the accessories that you make. Is that part of your philosophy? Is that is a philosophy in your company?
1: Part of your philosophy? Yes, it is. Uh, we like to keep it clean and simple. That's what we stand for. You know, we like to to bring a touch of nature to uh, to your lifestyle products. And, yeah, the way to go is to keep it simple. And we see a lot of brands going really wide on their designs and features. And we just want to give you the, the simple, necessary info. And, yeah, I think every designer has his own touch. And that's why, what I uh, try to do on uh, Bambooty, nice. to give it my touch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So now that you've been successfully funded, what's your plan post-campaign?
2: Um, setting up pre-orders right after the campaign. And then, of course, make sure fulfillment goes according plan and make sure every backer gets rewarded in time. Um Besides that, we should think about building a sustainable model with our manufacturer because we're thinking about the uh, drop shipping model so that we don't don't have a stock. So actually people um, people can order a skin on our website and that's translated to our manufacturer in the UK and they just uh, produce it and they ship it out. So, we should build that model. Um, besides that, Freak will be making some more awesome designs. And mm. we will continue building our brand. Oh, yeah. And we will go into retail in different stores. And even in different countries all over the globe. So, that's pretty exciting. And nice. a, one, one last thing is ah. that we're we're already working on a new product. It's... Yeah, it's in the same range or it's, it's in the same category
1: yeah it's same in category. the same category
2: Spoke. so it's also a kind of a skin mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, we might also launch that through Kickstarter it's gonna be awesome <laughs> so and the thing is we learned <laughs> we learned a lot during this campaign so we can really improve um, for our next campaign, so we're looking forward. Also, you've built,
0: also you've built up a fan base. So yeah. this campaign, you know, people already know the name, and it's obviously yeah work. exactly. Um, so indeed. So you, what your plan is is you want to scale up the orders with your manufacturer. Obviously, make sure the backers get their 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 MacBook skins on time. They will, and it's... then systemize. <laughs> they will systemize um, your supply chain with, with the manufacturer in the UK. Yeah, exactly. Did you notice any major differences between registering a Kickstarter campaign outside of North America? Was there anything that you had to do?
1: No, it's uh, it's the same. No problems.
2: Yeah, Kickstarter used to not because be know... available in Belgium.
0: Yeah, so. That's why I didn't know that they had become available outside. Yeah, so it, it used I think to it was North America and the UK before.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, but that changed some time ago. So, that's why we were able to go with Kickstarter.
0: Indiegogo should be worried because one of the major things about Indiegogo is that you could register an Indiegogo campaign in any country.
2: Yeah, um,
0: but if Kickstarter is going global, it could be it could be problematic. I think we kind of talked about this before, but. It seems like looking at your campaign page I noticed you see you see the process of how the MacBook skins are made. So that's obviously your manufacturer has helped you and is willing to participate with the campaign. Did you did you have to ask them to help you or was this something that they kind of volunteered? Like how, how did it come about?
1: No, they um they wanted to help us because, you know, we went to their we went to their uh, their place and they were really friendly, they're really nice people. And yeah, we we were we were like one company, (laughs) so uh, we helped each other, and yeah, it was really nice. And it was not a problem. They agreed to help us design this product, and they really this is the result.
2: Yeah, they really uh, offered their support. I mean, they were into the campaign as well. I mean, by by being into, I mean they were hyped about it. So when we launched, mm-hmm. they had our uh, campaign on their screen in the UK. Following up, and they messaged us nice. every time we hit another K. So yeah, <laughs> it's what awesome. What is the
0: name? What is the name of your manufacturer?
2: Uh, well, we can't say that, Rico. So maybe you should. Um, oh skip that question. Why can't we say it? Because they, too, sell MacBook skins now. Uh, okay. And that wouldn't be cool, right, right? To mention that?
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, if you feel like um, it, yeah, it, it, it's a competition thing, that's fine. Yeah, it look well. yeah it's kind of um, Alright, so this is the part of the podcast where I kind of go into a little bit more personal questions. And uh, so the first question would be, what is your proudest entrepreneurial moment to date?
1: Uh, so, yeah, <clears throat> it's hard to tell. Uh, we still get a sense that we need to launch properly. But um, we joined an entrepreneurship contest where you had to present a business plan. And uh, we won 50K in funding. So that was pretty nice. And of course, we got fully funded in two days on our Kickstarter campaign, so that's not bad either. But we are still waiting on that hell yeah moment, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good, man. 50k. I remember when you told me about the competition. It was was pretty awesome that you guys actually got funded with that. I'm sure that helped the campaign as well.
1: Yes, it was really fun. Mm -hmm. You got to, you know, a lot of people. You learn a lot. And you get funded, so it was perfect for us.
2: The more you so, learn, the more to, you to earn. You
1: boost uh, our motivation.
2: Yeah, it and was then, a boost. <laughs> it was a boost, definitely, definitely.
0: And then, uh, what is the smallest thing you've done in your business that's brought you the high, largest results? So basically, the Pareto's eighty-twenty principle. Um,
2: regarding to the Kickstarter campaign, it was reaching out to friends and family and ask them to share and support us. So what we did was, two days before we launched, we called every uh, family member, every friend, to ask them if they could um, support us one euro. So if they could pledge one euro. And on launch day, we just spammed everyone on Facebook, all of our friends, and asked them to share our campaign. Because um, that way we were able to rise up in the ranking on Kickstarter. And so we got more traffic from the platform itself. And uh, that's why we were able to crush our goal in in two days. So it was definitely reaching out to friends uh, and family and ask them, hey, help us out here. That was uh, really important. And that gave us a, a pretty big boost.
0: Yeah, I you know, I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make is maybe they don't reach out to the friends and family and Facebook friends because even like for me, yeah. you guys sent you sent out um I got an email and then I also got a Facebook uh I think it was a Facebook notification. And then yeah, I had no problem sharing that and tagging a few of my friends as well. It was it doesn't take yeah. long, it takes me one or two minutes to do so.
2: Yeah, and it helps it helps. Yeah, a lot we have
1: a, a big local fan base. <laughs> <laughs> big local fan base of our hometown. Yeah. Thank so, you, guys.
2: Thank you, guys.
0: Are you guys famous? Are you famous in Lommel? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah,
1: we, we, uh, we were Turks. So, we, uh, our, our city is called Lommel and they have a prize um, Lommelag of the year. Actually, so Yeah, the best. It's um,
2: the best inhabitant or
1: the best uh
2: the best local, yeah, the best local lo- star, yeah, the yeah. best local in in Lommel, yeah, <laughs> some some kind of. And we got third. We got third,
1: and we ended up third.
0: Nice. <laughs> I think I need to move to like a small town in Belgium and, and become the best local <laughs> local star. <laughs> if if someone were to understand you better, what three books or podcasts uh, should they read or listen to?
2: Um. Yeah, we got some books that inspired us. Uh, For example, The Compound Effect, um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill and The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So all, um, uh, actually all those three books are books on self-improvement and on entrepreneurship. So they... Think and Grow rich You know is one of
0: my favorites is well.
2: Yeah, it's it's very uh, it's a very valuable book. You should read it every day actually. <laughs> because it's not uh think, <laughs> it's not rich in a money kind of way, but you just can apply all the principles on your own on, on your life in general, which brings you a lot further in life and yeah, those three books um, yeah, they inspire us.
0: That's, uh, those books are fantastic. I'm definitely going to add, um, I've wanted to read Seven Habits um, for a while. I haven't heard of the compound
1: effect.
2: Uh, what is the compound effect? Freak, you tell them. You're reading it, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's about um, how to, how to deal with habits and how to deal with bad habits in your life um, improving your decisions in life, everyday decisions. Um, so it's a really simple and easy book to read with a lot of examples. And yeah, it's how to improve your daily decisions and your daily daily um, habits.
0: You, your daily decisions uh, and habits. You say,
1: yeah, your daily habits and how you can uh, by taking small adjustments every day. Uh-huh. How they can change your life in a, in a long term, actually.
0: So that's compound effect. Yeah, so small, small yeah. decisions you make compounding into a large effect. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. Awesome. Um, any general advice to aspiring Kickstarter campaigners out there?
2: Yeah. In general, general advice to all aspiring entrepreneurs out there, Uh, We ourselves got inspired by this awesome quote by Gary Vaynerchuk. You know Gary V, Rico? Yes. Yeah, so he has this quote, IDs are shit and execution is the game. And I guess this is the best advice we could give to any aspiring entrepreneurs because you just got to go out there and do stuff. And you'll learn awesome things, meet awesome people that can do a lot for you, and a lot of do- a lot of doors will open. So IDs are shit. Execution is the game. <laughs> I, I guess I guess you share that quote. I mean, I definitely,
0: I definitely. I think uh, it goes back to like you know, talk is cheap, or you know, yeah, exactly. It's uh, anytime somebody has an idea, it's that. That doesn't mean anything. It's about actually executing and, and, and performing that. Yeah, a lot of people, of
2: a lot of people, got ideas, and uh, it's just a matter of executing, doing stuff, and and learning from it.
0: That's why uh, you know somebody asked me a while ago, when we started the podcast, they asked me like, "Are you afraid of you know your competition or people who listen to podcasts stealing your ideas and you know trying to do their own?" Business similar to yours, and I said, "Well, you know, they can take the ideas, it, but they're not me. They're not going to execute the same way that I would, right?" So I, exactly. I don't really worry about that. exactly. There are a lot and of most people. Most people,
2: exactly. Sorry, there are a lot of people with great ideas, but they don't want to mention the idea to anyone because of the fear yeah. that someone will steal it. But that that's just not the way it goes. You should share your idea no. and. And reach out to people to help you because it's your idea and you're the only one that have a sense of how it should go or how, how it will go. Hey, man, I think that's a fantastic place to end the podcast,
0: man. Uh, thank you for being on. Like, I think there's a ton of valuable knowledge in the podcast and I hope that the campaign blows up even more after people listen to this episode.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we hope so, too. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks a lot for having us, Rico. We appreciate it. Yeah you are welcome, man and we really do man I'm a genuine fan
0: you know even though even though you guys my <laughs> customers I've also I'm also a fan
2: of, of your design and the product <laughs> hey make sure your mom uh, buys one <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll tell my mom but as soon as we're finished with this podcast okay. I'll give her
2: a call <laughs> great hey, great Right.
0: Awesome. Hey guys, as usual, thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, if you have any questions, it's Rico at SourceFindAsia.com. Uh, check out the Bambooty campaign. It's still going on. You can pledge, uh, get yourself some sick MacBook skins. And if you want to reach out to them, you can go to BambooDi. that's B-A-M-B-O-O-T-I dot Um, you can reach out to peter p-i-e-t-e-r at bambooty.com and uh, yeah thanks for listening to the podcast see you guys next week